and welcome to the Start Your Business podcast, a chance to hear inspiring tales from entrepreneurs. Today, we're joined by a lady whose voice you may well recognise. Posey Brewer has been a professional voiceover artist for over 15 years, working with some of the biggest brands in the world. You may well have heard her sunny tones in an advert, on TV, online, or even as a character in an animation. But today, she's here to tell Start Your Business more about life as a voiceover artist. (laughs) So Posey, you're a professional voiceover artist, but what does that actually mean? So um, I'm a professional voiceover artist and actor because um, uh, there's, there's, I suppose, two types in the sense that when you uh, train as an actor, you know, you're, you're, you're then a voice actor, whereas a voiceover artist um, might not necessarily have uh, the acting training. So you provide voice services for all kinds of things. How many different types of voices can you portray? What it is, is, is you literally can do voiceovers. Um, I provide voiceover services, so I provide my voice and many other character voices to uh, uh, anything from a TV advert promo or to a kids animation program or to that web video um, to promote your services, um, you know, toilet rolls or something. I don't know why I use toilet rolls, but random. Or um, and, uh, uh, the self-service checkouts in um, your local supermarket. Which one is your favourite voice? Can you give us some examples? Uh, there's, I suppose there's two aspects. I have my natural voice, which has always been the main, um, I suppose, selling point, uh, because that's me. That's my USP, my, my unique, uh, voice that is Posey Brewer. Um, but then, uh, so I have different styles within that and obviously different paces. So I have, um, a majority of an upbeat, friendly, professional, um, kind of voice, uh, young, and then you've got the more huskiness, which I've got, uh, I don't know if you can hear, but there's a a husk to my voice. Um, And so then I get asked to do more, I suppose, more sexy, seductive um, voices. And then you've got a whole ray of voices for characters and animation and witches to fairies to little boys. And I love just being myself and just being the upbeat, natural um, voice that you hear now. Uh, So it can be to describe um, you know, a, a promo or a TV ad- advert. But then I love the quirky, um, I, I get asked to do witches for a lot, you know, hello children. <laughs> but then you've got the different styles of witches, so you can have the hello there, how are you? And then you've got the more wacky, hello, hello there, I need, you know, um, or, uh, uh, and I love doing things like um, fairies, because I, I love butterflies and fairies. So, you know, if you want a young girl, Felicity Flump fairy, hello, <laughs> my name's Felicity Flump. Um, or, you know, yeah, or the, the computer voice and things like that. So, yeah, hundreds. So how did you know you wanted to be a voiceover artist? Was it a talent that you've always had? I mean, did you have it as a child? Um, well, I... I always wanted to be an actress. I was really lucky and fortunate to always know what I wanted to do. Um, and But I never thought voiceover was where I was going to go. I was, you know, doing my film and TV and theatre uh, shows and things. Um, but when I left drama school, my first job was animation. 
um, and then I did stuff for the BBC and then I worked for Barclays Bank doing their telephone system on hold systems for three years and big companies like that and it just kind of came to me and I think I then learned that I have a real strength with my voice and um, and, and kind of I always loved the voice aspect at drama school, the voice workshops and things like that. So I think, yeah, I kind of fell into it, but I didn't, if that makes sense. How did you become a voiceover artist? Did you have to go and do some professional training? So I trained at the Oxford School of Drama um, uh, for three years. So that was my base training. I also did courses at RADA as well, uh, which probably most people will know of. And I also went to America and did some courses there, but they were more based on acting, but obviously voice always came into that. Uh, you definitely need to do some vocal training, I think. Um, it's, it's, some people say, oh, I've got a great voice. I can do voiceovers. No, you can't, you know, it, it is a skill. And, you know, some people are very lucky. They could just have a great voice and, and a great talent behind the microphone. But there is a technique, you know, and you need to understand that microphone. It's like your tool. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, oh, I could be a plumber, you know, or a lawyer. You know, that, that it is a skill and, and I, I wouldn't want to go and touch something like, you know, plug in a dishwasher or whatever like that. Because that's not what I do and I would rather get a plumber to deal with that and, you know. Um, and, and that is a skill. So you've definitely got to do some sort of training um, and, and work with the voice uh, and just practice behind a microphone. You've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, but what's been your most favourite project to date? Um, it's a difficult question because oh, there's so many that I've done that I've absolutely loved. And then there's some other ones that I've absolutely hated. Uh, but... Uh, I think one of my biggest ones um, was actually, I think, my second job, job straight out of drama school and was working for the BBC, BBC Radio. Uh, and I met um, a producer, Peter Kavanagh, and he did my first showreel. And he then really liked it and said, look, actually, I think you'd be great for um, a character in one of the uh, BBC Radio plays. So he got me in and I worked alongside people like James Fleet. And I just remember coming out and walking across Waterloo Bridge. The sun was shining and I felt, A, so proud of myself. And because it's about a year after drum school. And it was just, I just loved doing it, you know. And I got to be a character and I got to use my acting skills. And it was just, yeah, that really, that one's really stuck in my mind. Um, and... Um, yeah, but there's there's so many, there's so many. I could go on forever. So how do you stay organised? Ah, that could be interesting. Uh, admin, ugh. who? Yeah, yeah. A lot of admin emails. Can't you know this? I, I struggle on that because all I want to do is I want to be in the booth, and I want to be recording. If I if I could have a PA, I'd love it. But then, because I'm the product that I'm selling. Essentially, I have to be in control of, of of everything. So it's kind of a difficult one to have a, a PA, but 
and be able to just give everything to them. The most important part of any job is getting paid. So how about the invoicing? How do you manage to stay on top of that? Yeah, um, I when I first started, I just used Excel spreadsheet and I had um, a simple template that my hubby created for me. But it got to the stage where I had so many lots of little jobs and the invoicing just got mammoth and it, it got to the stage where it's like oh I can't cope and it all it was just taking me forever having to copy and paste their address into a spreadsheet so I about four years ago I really kind of decided to go into um, using accounts online and um, I tried a couple uh, and have to say I had a very bad experience uh, with one of them which completely destroyed my accounts and I, it then cost me a lot of money for my accountant to sort out. So I was really, I did feel a bit de deflated. So for me, it was about finding something that I could use, but also my bookkeeper could use and my accounts, but have it in very simple terms. And Sage was always, when I worked, did jobs, you know, in early days when I, um, work for companies and um, agencies and things like that when I was doing part-time for VO. You know, Sage was always the thing to use. And then Sage One, um, I started using and that cleared up everything. And I've been using that for about nearly two years now. And I have to say it's absolutely saved, saved my life. That sounds really dramatic, doesn't it? But it, <laughs> it saved me, you know, good um few gray hairs let's just say that um and it, it's been brilliant because what i love about it is it, it's simple but it's got loads of functions as well so um it's it's easy to understand somebody who isn't an accountant do you know what i mean because to me i, I don't understand certain aspects i'm like oh god am i meant to be this and i'm you know zero vat rated or you know all these little things and where Sage completely explains it to you and it's it's just so easy being able to create an invoice and it's all on there and uh, seeing my cash flow it's kind of made me understand more about what I need to do and also ch chasing up emails um, and then they've joined forces with a thing called Citago which is brilliant as well so um, if I've got outstanding invoices which I do a lot of the time um, because people are on different uh, term so 30 day terms or 60 day terms um, some people pay me straight away which is great uh, but Citago kind of takes that um, credit control out and it syncs with Sage One. There were there's a couple of other kind of cloud um, software packages that have all these fancy things and, and you're like oh that's cool that's cool but actually it, it I couldn't really understand it and, and then it got a bit too technical um, whereas Sage One, funnily enough, I have, a, I'm a Costco member, um, and I have a Costco account, so I was in Costco and they were promoting, uh, Sage One, that it, all customers get, can get Sage One, um, discounted and it, they were just doing some promo on that and that's how I started with it. When I, with my invoicing, I used to literally, as soon as the job was finished, I used to do the invoice, but I just, I, I can't, can't do that. So now what I, I do is it. On a, either on a weekly or a monthly basis depending on the client um, and so sometimes when I've done a job I will 
have to invoice straight away because it might be a client that I've never worked for, so I don't know, you know. Uh, so it's better to, to invoice them straight away rather than leave it a month. But then there's regular clients that I kind of leave on a monthly basis because I have several jobs throughout the month. So it's better to just kind of leave it to the end of the month and then put them all on one invoice rather than 20 different invoices. And it's on, on an app on, on my phone as well. So it's great because especially when you're away or um, you get an email going um, from somebody saying, oh, you know, this is wrong on the invoice or um, you ha you've done it in US dollars when um, I wanted it in euros or something like that. If I'm out and about and I'm not on my main computer, I've got my phone and I can look at my clients, I can change the invoices and then resend it. So it's really handy. So how do you promote your services? Well, there's, there's kind of two ways. I mean, obviously I have a, a, a voice agent who also gets me um, uh, jobs and that's probably more the high, pr uh, big high profile gigs um, for advertising agencies. But then there are lots of uh, production houses that have um, a, a, t a pool of talent and I'll be on their books and, and they will then, every job that they get in, you know, they will put me forward for it. And then obviously it's the client at the end of the day. So in, in a way I do kind of work for some agencies, um, but on a freelance basis. Um, and then I work a lot on my, on, my, on my own as well. So it's kind of a balance. Which social media platform have you found to be the most effective? Um, I'm across all of them. Um, Google+, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, the Instagram, all the other ones. Um, uh, I find it really difficult though, keeping on top of it, because there's so many different ones. Um, and also you don't want to be putting the same thing across all, all the different platforms. They've all, there's all, I have a real love-hate relationship um, with social media. It's a bit like Marmite to me. Um, it is, uh, one minute I'll love it and then the next minute I'll hate it. Be like, oh, just, oh, just irritating me. I can't keep up with Twitter. I, can, I can't keep up with it. Um, but it's also great. It's a great thing to just get things out there. Um, and Facebook, I, I find a bit Facebook a bit more personal and I, I kind of keep less work on that one. Um, it's about more about building relationships, I think. So I want to come back to your actual business and what it is that you're doing as a voiceover artist. Um, so sort of taking you back um, a few years to when you kind of started out, mm. um, what kind of support did you receive as this kind of new business? None. None. Um, I, I think you're either a business person or you're not, you know, and I think you have to make a decision on, on that. And I think if, if you have the ability and you're not a business person, then try and employ somebody who is, you know, get a PA who, who is business orientated. Um, I think you have to have a, for me, I, you know, I've had, I think I've got, um, quite a good balance is I'm very creative and that's what I love doing and everything. But I also am very business orientated as well because it's my livelihood and, and I want to achieve success in everything that I do. So, um, yeah. So in that case, uh, when you were starting out, were there any particular challenges that you faced that you really just had to overcome to, in order to, you know, to get to there? get there? Um, I, I, when I first started, uh, I think that more than like any other actor is I had to have a, a, a second job um, to keep me going. And that not, it wasn't necessary, even though part of me hated it, it 
also kind of helped me in business. You know, it, it teaches you certain skills. So I used to um, work at estate agents in sales and lettings. Um, so, which was great because I was showing people around. Um, so I was still having the personal um, interaction and with people. Voice, yeah, and getting to use my voice. Um, and, but then also obviously dealing with emails and computers and the business element and contracts and things. So that actually possibly really helped. So we're going to go back 15 years now. What were the main challenges you faced when you initially launched your services? Um, it's a difficult question because now I think you've got so many opportunities with courses online to help you with those business aspects and social media um, that wasn't really around when I, you know, 15, 16 years ago um, or wasn't publicised as much as it is now through social media. Um, what would I have done? Um, I think I just would probably believe in myself, trust myself more and yeah, it's a difficult question to answer actually. Do you think there's enough support for small businesses who are starting up now? I, I think you need to... It, there's so much of it now. It's kind of gone from one extreme to the to the other, and it, you can get overloaded and you can spend a fortune. I think you have, and everybody is different. And I think you have to, as a as a business, work out exactly what you need to become successful and what you need in that process to to build your business, um, and and go and do that course of whatever it may be a specific social media course or a specific um you know typing you know um so that's possibly what i would suggest um but just join um kind of unions or, or groups um linkedin i love linkedin and i don't get a chance that's the another social media i didn't mention earlier but um you know just get on linkedin and connect with people um, I think and get onto groups because you get informate little nuggets and information that might be relevant to you it might not or it might be relevant to you five years down the line you know um, but I think you've got to work out what your what your business is what you need to achieve um, and, and and don't don't necessarily listen to anyone else you know really listen to your gut so in any business, there are always difficult times. So how do you keep motivated? Um, it can be really isolating, especially when you work for yourself. And, and I um, work at you know home, I have a studio at home. And so it can be, and it can get really down, you know, sometimes, um, rather than going into an office and everything. Motivating, uh, exercise is a really key thing. And I have to really push myself, but I love spinning so, and running. So I'll, I'll go and do that and that, so I'll go and do that in like my lunch hour. And that really helps because it kind of feeds you, you know, endorphins, endorphins, endorphins. Um, and it, it also just clears your mind for a little bit and you get out. Um, I think talking to people, um, uh, talking to other people in, within your industry is always a good thing um, and keeping, in contact um, with them um, I run a thing called Vox which is an annual conference for voice of artists 
uh, and also Voxmas, which is the Christmas party uh, for freelancers. And I created that in 2010, Voxmas that is, um, because as a freelancer, you know, you never really have your Christmas parties, you know. Uh, and, and you all hear, like, oh yeah, I've got my work Christmas party. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm just sitting at home having a glass of wine. So um, I created Voxmas and that's been really good. Um, and I think having a kind of um, a community within your area of work, yes, they're competition, you know, people you're working with, uh, other VOs and things, but also it can also really help kind of, because they understand the industry. So you can kind of offload problems that you're having that they they might have had six months ago and go oh yeah I had a client like that and I would do this and do you know so um I think it's yeah exercise would be my key thing um and and trying to get out of your head um that's the biggest thing uh because you, you, those thoughts can really start make you like really depressed and you know you can start going oh that person's doing that oh no oh I should be doing this oh no I think you have to just go back to thinking believe in yourself and and know what you're doing um and, and reaching for those goals and have goals you know targets and write them down that you know they say you should definitely write goals for six months time for a year's time you know five years time Supposing you mentioned your children, you do, of course, work from home. So how do you manage to maintain a work-life balance? <laughs> I just do. I just juggle. I just juggle many, many plates. That's why I'm so tired. Uh, I think also as well, being the mum, I have to make sure I'm dealing with all the, ki the kids. Um, I, I think it's about having good... Uh, uh, um, people around you, family, friends, childminders, and having a good structure around you so that you know you can, and not just have one thing, you know, rely on one thing. So, for example, the childminder, you know, I can automatically go, okay, I can put her with the childminder on a specific other day than she that she's normally on. Um, if I've got another big job in town or something and I can't balance it, or, uh, but the childminder might not be able to do it. So, who else could I ask, you know, so it tends to be granny, <laughs> um, and um, then, you know, if, if it is really bad, then I go to hubby, and he'll have to work from home just for those couple of hours while I do that, and it's just, it's just about juggling, um, and that's, that's really what it is. <laughs> so being a voiceover artist sounds like you wouldn't have many outgoing costs, but actually, you need lots of equipment, so what are your costs? So, uh... Well, I, I called it I call it the Purple Palace. Wonder why? Um, yes, I am a purple freak. I love purple, and so uh, my studio. So I have my office, and then I have a studio that's uh, um, been specifically built within that. So it's a, a room within a room, I suppose. And uh, in there, I've got well, I've got three microphones, um, but I tend to uh, tend to use one. Um, uh, but again, it depends on what job I'm doing. Um, but I'm a big Neumann fan, a big Neumann fan. Um, so that I have my screen, so I can read scripts on there. I have an iPad as well. I also have a board because I do like printing things off, and especially uh, in, with local radio ads, um, they they change the script quite a lot. And so you can tend to 
change it better with a, a, you know, a pen on, on the paper than um, uh, on the screen. So, yeah, and then I've got the headphones, the equipment, um, my codec, because I use ISDN, which is a, sense, uh, which is, um, a, a data line, like a telephone line, which I, it means I can connect to other studios uh, and producers directly. And then Source Connect Now, which is kind of the same thing over the internet. And uh, that's outside the studio. And then in the office bit, I've got my Mac, two, and then another Mac screen, my speakers, uh, my Apollo Twin, which most people, yeah, so, and lots of equipment. And also you've got the regular ISDN line, you know, which costs you, you know, from, uh, depending on what contract you've got, you know, 25 to 45 pounds a month. You've got, you know, your mobile costs, your internet, you know, the equipment alone, you know, codecs cost two, two and a half grand. Microphones, you know, you can buy a microphone for a hundred pounds, but when you're a professional, you know, you've got to get a good microphone. Um, saying that though, that there, there is a brand, um, uh, that's coming out or is out that have a great um, microphone um, and they're Aston microphones and, so, and they're re really reasonably priced um, but loads yeah you've got so many outgoing costs that people don't realize and, and I think especially with rates people are like but you're only speaking for two minutes and it's just like but you know it, it I might be only speaking for two minutes but a you're paying for a skill b I have my business costs you know and I have to incorporate that into my rate um so yeah that there's there's a lot of costs involved and and obviously you have to have accountants and da, 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 da. so your voice is the biggest asset to your business so have you insured it um you can do um uh, i have i have insured my voice um if it, it, it means i can't work for a certain period um because it's my in main income um and i also need to pay the mortgage <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, I, I, I didn't do in the early days, um, but yeah, I do now, I have to. And there's another business cost. <laughs> so what top tips would you give to someone in the process of setting up a new business? Um, firstly, believe in yourself. Um, I am a big uh, believer in you've got to do what you want to do and what makes you happy. I was very fortunate when growing up is my mum always let me do what I wanted to do you know in career um, aspects and if you're not happy doing a job you know then then don't do it because somebody else will love doing it and they'll they'll really benefit from it I think especially for a small a startup business I think you have to just be focused on what you want to do make goals not aim too high at the start I think you have to look at it like a ladder and and have little steps um, and it it does take a, a long time I mean you can have overnight success of course you can and, and you know but they are very slim and I think it's about treating people the way you want to be treated um, be be friendly be open and be I think it's offering a trust to people and that's why I think a lot of clients come back to me um, and hence I think I why I changed the tag of a trusted voice behind your brand because you know you, you're getting that honesty you're getting that trust and and, I, and again I want to give you 
everything I possibly can in a professional service that I'm offering. And finally, Posey, which products and services would you recommend to someone who's starting out? Um, get yourself a good bookkeeper. Um, that is, is a must. Get a good accountancy package. Um, Sage One is brilliant, and, and that, especially from experiencing some other ones. Um, but when you don't, when you, when your skill is not accounting, as per se, um, you need something that is clear to understand for you um, and um, easy to use, functional, um, and Sage One ticks all those boxes. Um, and it's a, a brilliant software. And I think if you've got that from the outset, from the beginning, it really helps you forecast um, it, you, with your cash flow and, and, and what you should be charging and what you you know your business costs are. So that, I think, if you're starting up, is it, really important. Go do just, you know, when, when, when there's days that you feel down, just remember why you're doing it um, and enjoy what you do. Make sure you're doing a job and your business that makes you happy. And now I feel like I'm actually in control of my accounts for the first time in, in a few years, I think, if I'm really honest. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to say to one.